As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Michael Beller, Brandon Funston, Jake Seeley. If you're watching on uh, YouTube, I just I nailed it. I think that's the first time I've actually nailed pointing in the right direction. I really had to think it through. So uh, thanks to those of you who are watching us now or watching the recorded version of this. Of course, thanks to everyone listening to us as well. We have gotten past that 4th of July holiday. Hope you guys had a great one. Hope all of you out there had a great one as well, which always, to me, you guys signaled Fantasy football season in a big way is upon us. It's it's so great. We can really start talking about these things in big ways. Have you guys always felt like that too? Fourth of July means halfway point of the summer. Fantasy football season is here. Are we all together on that? Mm, No. (laughs) Come on. How'd I know that was coming from you, Jake? I, I, I only half listened anyway. I was too busy putting up the band kicker and my emojis for my screen name down here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That I think great. growing. What's the other like, thing? Back, next to the band it's a playing card for all in. It's a <laughs> duck for ducktails and then the playing card for all in. But oh, then I, that is I found, I found the circle kick for band kicker since we we're talking Scott Fishbowl today. So I figured. <laughs> Which, by the way, if anybody wants it, Roto World, Roto Where, Roto World, Roto Where. Roto World. Yeah. They're Kenny, gone. Kenny Telovitz, <laughs> big guy over there. He's throwing out shirts for all the Major League Baseball teams. But yeah, he holds. He actually uh, helped me with the Band Kickers T-shirt. It's one of the best ones, and they've got a, they've got some great selection over there. But with the well, uh, thank Nintendo you because it was Kung my Fu, design idea. So thank you. The, the <laughs> Nintendo Kung Fu character. I love that game. He put the helmet on it. Right? I did the Kung Fu and with the circle, and then he put the helmet on him. So he helped oh, me out with that. Man. It's a great look. It's a great look. It's a great shirt. Check those guys out at RotoWare. They're a great company and great friends of this show and really every show in the fantasy football universe. As Jake said, we're talking Scott Fishbowl at the start of the show here. I've got uh, my Stone shirt on. I am in the Rolling Stones division. The Scott Fishbowl theme this year is music and band. So uh, Rolling Stones division. Uh, Jake, you're in Run DMC. Brandon, you're in Gorillas. I know not everyone picked it. Did you pick yours, Brandon, or is this just randomly assigned? 
I did not, but I am totally fine with it. I'm I, I'm actually like uh-huh. the gorilla, so I'm good. But actually, Rolling Stones run DMC. It's a solid solid threesome. Yeah, not a bad group at all. We'll, we'll I actually through, debated uh, this morning. I was going to wear my straight out of Duckburg T-shirt or this. I was debating which one to go with. It's a good choice. So you, it, we know you're you are never wanting for options for sure, Jake. So uh, I mean, I only uh, have like thirty five T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> they tried uh, to get me good... to set up a store on their website. I'm like, I don't design them. I just keep buying them. Hey, <laughs> would you get a piece of the uh, the commission or something like that? No, they were trying to get me store. to put my two shirts over there. And I was like, no. Uh, does them. Gotcha. And then they're like, well, you can set up all the shirts that you like and then send people to be like, yeah, but then I'm taking yeah. away from the designers. I'm taking like a piece of their piece. So uh-huh. just like, just go buy them. Man of the people at Jake Seeley. That's what they're always. T Public. I will give them a shout out. How about that? Not a sponsor of the show. What is it? (laughs) T Public. T E E Public dot com. This guy. This guy. What does he have but goodwill built up around him? We're going to talk some Scott (laughs) Fishbowl. We're going to talk some common wide receiver draft day dilemmas. By that, I mean you're going to see these two guys selected by each other in pretty much every single draft of the season. Who should you go after and why? And of course, we've got. Some guess that player for you. Let's start right there. It's a wide receiver. I'll give that away since it's such a wide receiver heavy day on the show. It is a wide receiver that we're going to be talking about for guess that player. And so our first clue here for guess that player on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I've had two straight seasons with at least 1,100 receiving yards. There's a lot of guys who fit into that group. We're starting broad. We will narrow it down as we go <laughs> along. Tyler Lockett is a correct answer. I assume, I don't actually. I don't think he question. is. That was, that was he he didn't get to 1,100 last year, last did he? Week, he had like right? 1,030 yeah. last year, something I was gonna like say, that. I don't know why 1,086 was standing out. It's probably just a random number, but I don't <laughs> Either think. Either way, he was just short. And he was like, he was the he was our guy two weeks ago. So obviously, 1,054. What did you say? I think you were closer. I said, I said 1,030. There you go. You're, yeah, you so, were slightly closer. There you go. You win. Boom. In your face, Jake. I got one up. On and you I went over. Here. I lost my prices. Right, yeah, rules anyway. right rules. You're just getting sad horned off the stage here. Uh, Scott Fishbowl, as we've been talking about, right? It uh, it began yesterday. We've got, I don't know, however many drafts. Scott Fish always doing an excellent job in the fantasy football community, getting this going, bringing us all together, doing it all for a good cause. So it's something fun to participate in every year. We're going to talk about our rosters as they stand right now. Not necessarily from a pure Scott Fishbowl perspective, but just use our rosters that the three of us have built to this point to talk about the players in question. Let's start with Jake. Jake, you've made three picks. We're going to throw them up on the screen right here. You've got Saquon Barkley, Jalen Hurts, and Joe Burrow. Just to give you a little bit of background, why these guys have been selected on the Scott Fishbowl. It's a super flex league, so you're going to want to start two quarterbacks for sure. That makes quarterback prices are driven up. It's also tight end premium, which Jake and I are both on the record as absolutely hating. So (laughs) tight end prices driven way up as well. Jake, uh, you have the, you're, you're picking on the turn in your league. So 12, you went Saquon, 13, you went Jalen Hurts. Let's talk about Saquon Barkley here first for a second. Did you consider any other running backs, or was Saquon the easy pick for you there uh, with the running back selection? No, Saquon was the easy one. Uh, was he the third running back, or the? Yeah, he was. Yeah, Dalvin Cook was the second one, and Christian McCaffrey okay. went two. Mahomes went first, then McCaffrey, and then da- uh, where was Dalvin Cook? He was the seventh pick. So it was Barkley for me. Uh, I know I've made the argument and I've said, look, you know, if you want the safer pick, I, I've argued that Derrick Henry, I argued that Derrick Henry, if you wanted the safest of the safest of the safe, 
He's technically the number one pick with Christian McCaffrey coming off that injury. I still take Christian McCaffrey, but I'm just saying, like, there's going to be an overall theme to this because you just mentioned how many people was it? 900 people. You're <laughs> you're not playing even for just first place in your league. Like first place right. in your league doesn't even really mean that much. You're playing for, for this is basically considered a DFS tournament. So who has the chance to finish number one? I don't think that Derrick Henry, if a healthy Saquon, is, he's going to get past him. If you have a healthy Christian McCaffrey, he's not going to get past him. So I'm playing for who could do number ones or top fives are really surprised. And that well, kind of folds into my other two picks. But yeah, Barkley's still being there with the fact that and I, mine were back to back. So you could say Hurts than Barkley or Barkley than Hurts. Um, but when we talk about the quarterbacks in a second, there was quarterbacks a lot in the first round already. Brandon, really quick, let me yeah. jump in and uh, give Jake a quick follow up here. If you were just playing a straight up, 12-person, 10-person, 14-person, whatever, just a normal league, would Saquon still be your pick there, or are you going in another direction? Meaning, because would Saquon still be the running back you take third overall, or do you go Derrick Henry? And full PPR, which this is, yes. And half point, I might do what Brandon does and talks about a lot of time. I might do like 50% Henry, 50% Barkley, kind of mix and match mm-hmm. in some places. I've always been the one where I don't try to diversify but now the days and age where we're playing in 20, 30 leagues, it's just kind of like, well, I might as well diversify just a little bit, just to, just to, just to have some different rooting interests some weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And not to have everything get tanked. Uh, so Jalen Hurts, your first QB, like, I mean, the same in my league, I guess in every league, QBs are insane because of super flex. How, like, uh, what number overall did you get Jalen Hurts at the quarterback position? Eight. He was eight. The eight. first okay. seven were the expected seven. Mahomes, yeah. Allen, yeah. Kyler, Lamar went four. They still could argue he should be two, but he, in any case, Dak, uh, Herbert went six, then Russ. Okay. So then my choice was Hertz. And then the next quarterback didn't go almost till the end of the second round. It was surprising was Tannehill. And then oh, wow. I actually took the next it's quarterback. It's a completion percentage league. Yeah. And then well, Aaron Rodgers and then my third pick, Joe Burrow. So... Hertz was pushed up a little bit. You, We've talked about – I don't know. I mean, it's your guy's call. We can talk about it if we want, but I feel like we've gone so far down the Hertz explanation that we really need to rehash it. But it goes back to my argument. You know, Daniel Jones passing numbers plus Jalen Hurts rushing numbers get you QB 10. If you get decent quarterback Lamar Jackson passing with his rushing numbers, now you're talking top three. And that's what I'm going for. I'm going for the potential to be top three. Yeah, and I've got I've got a share of Jalen Hurts. We'll talk about my team in a little bit, but I'm with you on Jalen Hurts. And Brandon's with you on your other quarterback in Joe Burrow. Brandon, man, what a start, dude. My, my Lord. This is that, oh, before you even mention his team. Before, oh, you just threw it up there. This is the other reason why you just might as well play it like a GPP because some leagues. <laughs> I, I was watching another one where somebody, uh, our friend, Jen Piacente, a friend of the yeah. show, she got yep. Hurts in the yep. fourth round. Like some of these drafts, just you're sitting here like, why can't I be in that one? So you just, you got to just play for first. I mean, look at this Brent. So I was going through, let me just set, set a little stage here. I was going through, I was looking up your guys' teams. (laughs) I was using the excellent uh, Scott Fishbowl app that you can find on uh, Roto Grinders created by Josh ADHD. I actually don't know his last name, but that's his, uh, his Twitter handle. A great app, very useful. And so I pulled your, your team up, Brent. I see, you know, McCaffrey. All right, cool. Fourth overall pick. Zeke, all right, awesome. And then to be able to get Pittsburgh and Lawrence, I mean, is this like, what, what are you thinking? Well, how, how good are you feeling what, right now? 
Well, I was picking fourth, and I I took McCaffrey, and then I just saw I was just ready to be I like, like I was so ready excited. to be so counter. I was just thinking I might even just go three running backs right off the top because I'm not going to get anything at the quarterback position. And uh, when I came back and I got Zeke, I was like, <laughs> well, uh, I could take Pitts here. He's the last, you know, what I think is the last like sort of tier. 1A at tight end, and I'll take that. Right. And I'll, you know, I was like, okay, maybe I'll end up with Tua and Derek Carr on the comeback at quarterback, but I would figured I would get the quarterbacks on the comeback, and it worked out better than expected. Like Jake said, you know, he took Hertz, and then there was this big lull, and it kind of happened the same with us. There was a big push early on quarterbacks, and then people just kind of like said, okay, time to look elsewhere for a little while. And that lull kind of helped me out a lot, so um, worked out in the end. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, let's actually talk about let's talk about Kyle Pitts for a second here, just in the from the lens of tight end premium for just a second here. So I think I'm with you, Brandon. I think he's the last guy that you go after in a tight end premium league with any sort of aggression because of something Jake and I have talked about, which is that tight end premium doesn't level the tight end playing field. It just makes the great guys even greater, right. and the other guys are still just where they are. And I think Kyle Pitts is the last guy who can get that boost from being an elite tight end to also a great elite fantasy player regardless of position. Is that what drove your thinking with Pitts? Yeah, the nice thing is I kind of am I'm toying at right now I have Pitts four and Hawkinson five. I think they're very close. And I actually have Andrews uh, six and especially in this format, but with full PPR, but uh, you know, I getting Kyle Pitts as a six tight end. I love that. I love emptying out that tier and not having to reach any higher for him. But you look at, I drafted him in the third round. Here we are almost, you know, almost to the end of the sixth round. There hasn't been another tight end taken, even in a tight end premium league. So it's very clear yeah. that the, you know, that the rest of the industry is kind of looking at that as the end of the tier because as well. They also know the truth. <laughs> we're, and we're yeah. not just pulling that out reference i wrote the article last year i will bump it into the package this year but it's why i uh -huh. hate tight end premium and it, the numbers are there it shows the numbers of how much it just yep. boosts that top tier but yep. yeah I, yep. I, I think you said five i think you could say maybe six if you're going to loop in hawkinson or andrews i think they're kind of neck and neck i would say yeah. six instead of five just depending but eh, yeah splitting hairs there yeah. Uh, let's have what I like to call a Joe Burrow love fest, since both of you guys have selected Joe Burrow with your uh, in your Scott Fish Bowl teams. Jake, we already heard from you that you are shooting for upside with yeah. this uh, within this league. Of course, that's going to be the case. If you want to win it, you're going to have to have a ton of guys who are top three, top five, a few top ones at their own position. So, Brandon, we'll throw it to you here. Joe Burrow. It, I mean, there's definitely a case. What's the what's the case to be made for Joe Burrow as a top, you know, seven, top five quarterback here? Um, well, so we always preach volume one, environment, you know, and talent. I, to me, it's like it's a combination of the three. So you got the number one overall pick at the quarterback, you know, quarterback a couple of years ago. You have an environment where you have three fantastic weapons and you have volume. And, you know, Jake, do you have anybody throwing the ball more than Joe Burrow next year uh, in your projections? Uh, if I don't, uh, it's it's going to be one, two, maybe yeah. three at the worst. We're talking, we're talking well, into the, well into the 600 pass attempt if he stays healthy. And the thing was is he was a little bit uneven last year, but it really felt like he was hitting his stride when he when he got injured. He had he was putting together uh, quality games and, and putting up nice fantasy production. So at least it's not like Tua where we're like, 
what what where are we getting with this guy? We feel like you know they're surrounding him with with weapons, and he's you know maybe this will be his year. But with Burrow, we actually saw it on the field. He looked good uh, for a good duration of time, and now it's just a matter of him staying healthy. He'll have all the volume he needs, and he has great weapons to work with. I have him. All, all true. All true. <laughs> he is second right now, only behind Mahomes. In attempts. Yeah, and even that's honestly conservative. That's just expecting yeah. a healthy Joe Mixon, maybe, you know, as much as Burrow's out there. But it, understand it's smart to have balance. Like, you don't, like, as much as Ben Roethlisberger was forced to do it last year, Ben, you know, they don't want Ben throwing it 650 times. You know, you want some balance to your offense. And when you have somebody like Joe Mixon, uh, granted, he'll catch a decent amount and get targeted himself. But if Joe Burrow got close to like 680, I wouldn't be shocked. And, you know, what Brandon's talking about, and that's what you said is my point here, is he could he throws for 680, he could be a top five quarterback. And for that reason, I passed. I took Burrow over Brady. I took him. I know Lawrence Ooh. is a rookie, but I took him over Brady for that reason because Brady doesn't run. And Brady, to, mm-hmm. like, Brady just had an unbelievable season and on a points-per-game yeah. basis still barely cracked the top 10. That just tells you, like, yeah. how much you have to do it. Um, so, you know, I took him over Brady, took a, uh, Tannehill already went, but I took him over Stafford and Ryan, the rookies. So, you know, that, that's where I'm going for it. I'm just pure upside at that point. Always something to keep in mind with those quarterbacks is very important point. You just made Jake barely inside the top 10 in points per game. Brady, he was QB seven overall played all 16 games, 4,600 yards and 40 touchdowns. And that only got him to QB seven because he doesn't run. It's a different game. What were you saying, Brandon? Oh, I don't think I was, but uh, <laughs> I'm just looking. <laughs> I was, it's no, too I, many tabs. I thought I heard something in my ears. There's too many tabs, you know, running around. No, I was just looking at Tom Brady's 30 rushing attempts for six yards, and yet he and he got three <laughs> touchdowns. So, yeah, he there's always calls his old number once <laughs> or twice. He does it. You he sneaks that, that in there. Isn't it insane that we don't have a, as far as I know, that we don't have a, a, a fantasy commissioner operator yet a like a a, you know a yahoo or a cbs or whoever a service that can code in qb kneel downs as not counting against their rushing numbers right yeah (laughs) shouldn't that shouldn't we have that by now we should i mean is sacks don't at least we got that at least it's not like college if you can get that though then my my biggest my biggest gripe is that a wide receiver who draws a, a defensive pass interference should get those yards I was, it's like the same. Oh no, but that's so subjective. And then what about the ones that aren't called that should be called? It's too, it's a can of worms. I, I don't We're know. We're going to have I to mean, live with some imperfection somewhere. <laughs> they call it. So it's a matter of record. It's a, it's the could have, should have. You don't worry about the, the ones they actually oh, call. Man. That's what you count for. There you go. Oh, Topic man. for another day. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't go down that road with you. Let's really quickly go over my team here. I've made three picks. I had the eighth pick in the stones division. Josh Allen. That was an odd. That was a, Insta click for me, uh, being available with the eighth overall pick. Jonathan Taylor, let's have some fun. I went to Wisconsin, go Badgers. And then Jalen Hurts, another insta click with he when he was available with the fifth pick in the third round to me. We have third round reversal in Scott Fishbowl. So an easy select. I really haven't had to think too much about any of my three picks. Uh guys, I'm usually the one posing the questions. Would either of you like to ask me a question about these first three picks? I'm just surprised you were able to get Josh Allen at number eight. He was number three in my league. And, you know, yeah, that's he was third or fourth in my league. Uh, Fourth. 
because Travis Kelsey, Paul Spore, by the way, texting me what he should do with the third pick. This might be in my league. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Josh Paul is up to his neck in baseball. You can't blame him for that. <laughs> no, well, he texts me every single year anyway, and he's like, "Oh, I, I, so he texts me. He goes, yo. And that, that, that's all he texts me. I goes, what? You're going to keep us make waiting for your pick because it was already two hours. <laughs> He's like, oh, wait, I'm in the league with you. I can't ask you then. I was like, go ahead and ask. You're at three. I'm at 12. I'll tell you what. I, you know, I'm not going to not hold it back. But yeah, I'm surprised yeah. you got Allen there. But I, the one thing, if you've noticed all of our teams and I was going to ask you guys this uh, because it, like, I just don't want to put it out there on Twitter because I don't want eight billion responses for it because of what's going on with Scott Fishbowl. But when was the first wide receiver taken in your draft? That's what I'm curious about because wide receivers oh. are falling mm-hmm. like yeah. crazy. Uh, mine oh, was Tyreek. Tyreek Hill was the first one. And in yeah. my draft, Tyreek Hill didn't even get off the board until 302. Wow. Third Tyreek round. Hill was also first in mine. And he went 303 to uh, yeah. our buddy and colleague, Michael Salfino. In fact, yeah, I had uh, Devontae Adams go number one, and he was the fourth pick of the second round, so 204. And then oh, wow. Tyreek Hill also went later in the second round, uh, the 10th pick of the second round. So that That's speaks why, to that, maybe that I, got, I, got a, yeah, yeah. I got a couple values because of that for sure. Yeah. Wide receivers are – I just refreshed mine. Wide receivers are really starting to pick up in mind. So after that, we've already – we've now seen Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, See AJ Brown, Calvin Ridley, Stephon Diggs all go. Oh man, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna make a pick in a couple of picks here. So I'm I'm on deck here. Probably gonna go wide receiver. Nobody we'll cares. see what ends up happening. But <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's that's for all of us. Yeah, nobody cares about true. anybody's that's team true. but their own. It's like everybody that's wants true. to talk about their own team, and nobody wants to listen to you talk about yours. That's just that's how the that's fantasy true. world is. There's never been there's never been a conversation about fantasy teams. It's just two people talking past each other, right? <laughs> no. Person My- person two is just waiting for their turn to talk. And then they talk about their team, and person one is just waiting for their turn to talk again. And they talk uh, about their I've team. learned. They totally I have buddies in my home league that'll call me and to talk about their team, and just be like, I don't, "I'm not even going to waste my time trying to talk about mine because you can just see the <laughs> eyes just glaze over." This doesn't bode well for our pod. <laughs> we got three guys talking about their team that they've drafted. <laughs> well, luckily, do you want to talk about the one that I want three listening. tight ends in? How about that? That's fun. That's oh, interesting. Oh God, wait. Well, let me let me get to what I was saying. Luckily, <laughs> for everyone who's listening to this, we're done with that but hey <laughs> scott fishbowl keep following around and actually i should i should mention scott fish himself is watching us on youtube what's up scott and he's uh commenting on this here he says qb rush attempt equals 0.1 so when they lose the yard they gain the 0.1 back so it it, it 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 solves that solves the uh what i'm talking about with the kneel down issue i still want someone just to code in a line i mean i'm not a coder I don't. I don't we have any sort can, of engineering. What, we we still only got like one of the five sites to finally not <laughs> account for points given up by the opposing defense. Yeah, that's true. So, oh, so yeah. like, Just we still can't. To, someone needs to put yeah. it in and like read. We still can't even get that. As nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would, I'm just. We I'm got like a pecking order here. <laughs> that's true. Well, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm pushing mine up the pecking order. I'm pushing mine up. No, nah, I think you get a lot. No, the only thing. We have the we have the great like uh like Donovan McNabb stories from years past the Brian Westbrook kneel like, taking the knee at the one and then people losing not because they didn't get the Westbrook touchdown yeah. but because they had McNabb <laughs> with do a couple of kneel downs and lose those point two points. Yeah, then you have the same people that complain that there were six laterals at the end of the game and there was guy was the one that got counted with no, the I'm negative saying those yards. Are fun. That's the argument for keeping the kneel downs. Oh uh, yeah, all right. I <laughs> see what you're loss. saying. 
<laughs> yeah, so there you go. So it should still be defense that's number one. We still need to fix that. The opposing defense yeah. getting a, like a, an interception for a touchdown should not go against points allowed for your defense. Well, of course, that go that I, I feel like that one should go. That, 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 there's really only one operator that does that so Are far. Sure there's I'm positive there's only one. There might this year they might have another two. Maybe somebody else added it in, but last year there was specifically only one site that did it. Man, that we're not playing on again this year. <laughs> so I don't want to yeah. say anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys, let's move on to the next part of the show. First, we got to get back to guess that player clue number two. For guess that player right here. This will be my fourth straight year with a different primary starting quarterback. This guy has played three years, and all three years he's had a different guy start the bulk of his team's games. And we already know before one snap has been taken in 2021, he will be four for four after this season. Anthony so Bass. There you go. Add that to Anthony Bass. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Mixing up sports here, Jake. Um, so that's it. That's what we, clue number one, two straight 1,100-yard seasons. Clue two, I've played with a lot of quarterbacks in my life. Four straight years with my fourth different primary starting quarterback. So, so primary means that. he started the majority of the games? Primary means he started, yeah, the bulk of the games. He does not, it's not perfect. Obviously, there were there was, so there was a quarterback who made no, a couple just, of starts. just majority. Yeah, majority. But he's, this will be the fourth year in a row that he has had a. Because I think I know. I just wanted to clarify to make starting. Sure. Yeah, I think I, I I have a decent guess, but I'm not a, I'm not as positive as I've write him down. Write right. him down like last week. Write him down if you, you think, couldn't you know, read it. We want to. That's we true. Wanna, well, yeah, but you, you figured it out. You just got to put your hand or you know put like your phone behind it so there's something solid on it. And then we can... no, it's it's the light glare that that's not going to help. It's the glare of the white paper. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Well, either way, just write it down. We'll, 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 we'll you know, nah, we'll, we'll, just, we'll, ma- we'll maybe, we'll consider, <laughs> we'll consider taking your word for it. We'll consider sure. taking your word Let's for go. it there. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, all right, wide receiver dilemmas. Like I said off the top of the show, we are talking about uh, common draft day dilemmas. You are going to be taking this player or that player. These guys are going to be taking taken very close to one another. I will say, before I put these together, I did not look at your guys' rankings because I didn't want to just contrive debate. If there's agreement, there's agreement. That's a good thing. What we know, though, is that these two guys, we got six groupings, these guys are going to be selected very close to one another in 100% of fantasy drafts this season. And I went top to bottom. So we have a nice range of wide receivers. We have some groups at the top of the list. We have some groups that are going to be taken a little bit later. Some guys in the middle. Let's start at the top. The first one that we've got. Michael Thomas 
versus Keenan Allen. We're using the old Joe Public ADP here, bringing together Yahoo, Fantrax, and NFFC. And what we're looking at right now is Michael Thomas with a wide receiver ADP of 9.7. Keenan Allen with a wide receiver ADP of 10.7. Jake, you take this one away first. Thomas, Keenan Allen, if you're picking one of them, who are you picking? Uh, Michael Thomas is not even a just not a conversation for me. I don't understand the hate with Michael Thomas this year. Uh, two years ago, he was the number one quarterback or number number one wide receiver. Went into last year's draft, everybody was taking him as the number one wide receiver. There wasn't even a debate. Yeah. Uh, and now, because of a down year, mostly from Drew Brees, who's not there anymore, everybody's done. Everybody is calling him like if you watch fantasy and you know what analytic whatever you want to call it twitter it's like all he does is run slants Ooh, bull crap i almost cursed on this show for like the first time like i don't you i'm pat mail is the one that always curses i always just he said it like and even if so the thing is like you know the big concern i do get is what happens if it's 60 40 at quarterback what if Taysom hill is taking 40 percent and we've got steve spurrier's offense run by sean payton it's just you will every series might be a different quarterback I understand the concern. I think for all intents and purposes, we're all on the same page that it's going to be Winston, that Hill's going to be sprinkled in. And Winston, even if he throws 30 interceptions again, he's still an upgrade of what Drew Brees was at this point. And Michael Thomas is a hell of a lot more than just a slant wide receiver. And again, even if that's all he did, well, just being a slant wide receiver got him to be in wide receiver one in fantasy. And I love Keenan Allen. But the biggest problem I have with Keenan Allen is Keenan Allen is a pure big slot guy who isn't going to get that much past 10. Maybe he gets back to 11 yards per reception. And it's just that volume is going to have to uptick to like 160 targets for him to get chasing on Michael Thomas. Yep. To completely concur. I mean, Michael Thomas, it's all about target share for me. Um, you know, two yeah. years could lead two the year, lead. Well, he had 185 targets yeah. two years ago. I mean, that's what it is. And it's like you start to think about the, you know, the other options in the passing game for both teams. And there's kind of like the Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara. They kind of cross each other, you know, basically an equivalency sure. there. But, you know. Uh, Keenan Allen, they have Mike Williams running what they're calling the Michael Thomas, you know, role now in that in this Chargers offense. And you got Jared Cook. There's not to compare. I mean, we like Adam Troutman as an up and coming tight end. Uh, Traquan Smith, we've seen that story before. Those two, in my mind, aren't of equivalency to what the other options are there in the uh, in the Chargers offense. So to me, it's all about target share. And as Jake said, there's a little bit more higher potential yield per target from Michael Thomas. Even last year when he was just never right, right from the jump of last season with all the injuries he dealt with and just the changes that that offense had to go through and then Drew Brees being injured, he still gave you eight targets a game in the seven games that he played. So you know the target share for Michael Thomas is just going to be absolutely massive. I like both these guys. I'll happily have either one of them or both of them on a team if I can get both of them. That would be probably more an auction format than just a straight draft, but I'll make it unanimous for all the reasons that have already been said. Michael Thomas is a, a relatively easy pick and maybe even breaks off a tier and we start to see a step down if it is a Michael Thomas and then Keenan Allen as uh, two guys who are going to be ADP neighbors as we get closer and closer to the heart of draft season. Uh, we take that next step down and we find this next grouping of guys who have the exact same perfectly equal wide receiver ADP right now. Two guys, again, who I would be very happy to have. And hey, you guys know I'm putting the show together. I've got to get a Big Ten versus Big Ten wide receiver battle. Allen Robinson and Terry McLaurin, let's do this here. Uh, I like Robinson. I think Robinson is going to be the better play. I think Robinson has incredibly 
high target share in the Chicago offense. I love what Justin Fields ultimately brings to this offense. Interested where you guys go on this one. Brandon, if you're looking at Robinson versus McLaurin, who you got? Yeah, I think it's just Robinson with the safer floor. It's a guy that's had 150 plus targets four different times in his career. He's like a juju. He's like the original Juju Smith Schuster in that he's not as old as you think he is. He's only, I think, 27 years old right now, but been getting it done no matter who the quarterback is. I guess you could say the same thing for McLaurin, but Robinson's just been a higher volume guy, you know, averaging 100 catches the last two years with Trubisky and Foles. I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's pretty amazing, really. To, to, to even say that and that's it's crazy but i love mclaurin i just think robinson's gonna bring a little bit higher volume and a little bit safer floor jake's breaking out a whiteboard i, I, I just remembered as we were talking i have the whiteboard and i can write the name on that while we're doing this um oh yeah yeah, yeah. i have the whiteboard from the sunday those whiteboards I've, yeah, I've got my dust on it too, actually <laughs> We should start breaking those out for these shows. <laughs> I know. Yeah, blow away all the dust. That's the last time I used it was like week 16. Uh, I, I'm 100% Allen Robinson. And, and it just, again, if you're talking about top five target shares for their team, just not even yeah. complete targets, but target shares, the two guys we just talked about, Michael Thomas and Allen Robinson, are going to be in that conversation. We're talking about those two, Calvin Ridley, and maybe one or two other guys. Uh, but they're, those three are definitively in the list. And that's Devontae what it really comes Adams. down to. Yeah, Devontae Adams, they obviously, yeah, that's a big one. Uh, assuming I'm Rodgers, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Love yeah. might not throw to anybody that much. Let's, uh, but, let's round out that list. Let's round out that list really quick. So we know it's going to be those four, right? We know it's going to be those four for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, Hopkins? I was, about to say, I was just about to say Hopkins, but I don't know if he gets there. He might not it's with just all the... All the dudes and all, right? Um, let's see. I mean, there's those are definitely the big four. It feels like to, what are we trying to do? Yeah, right. You start to you start to take a, like a, a dive here because Tyreek splits right, is almost the same start, as yeah, Kelsey. Travis Kelsey messes it up for Tyreek. Obviously, it's not going to be Metcalf. AJ Brown was going to be there be before Julio got there. It it probably would be not Hopkins. Going to be Justin Jefferson. I think yeah, I think Hopkins is a good bet if we did the five. But I think now we've, we've kind of set. There's a big four here. Maybe Diggs. Yeah. Maybe Diggs. Diggs yeah. yeah, but Diggs, I think they're they're like Diggs. that next group. I think the big group is the Adams, Thomas, Allen Robinson, and Ridley. I think those are the big four. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, that's sure. that's the point here, and that's what it, anyway. That's what it really comes down to. It just comes down <laughs> to, uh, I mean, we're going back to the, the target share situation here, and. I, I was looking for my whiteboard, so you might have said this, Brandon, so sorry if I'm pulling one of those where you're not listening to me type of things that I always give you <laughs> crap about, but Terry McLaurin added a significant receiver weapon next right. to him. Allen right. Robinson did it. I, I do think right. Darnell Mooney is going to take a big step forward, but you didn't bring in a Curtis Samuel. Uh, Terry McLaurin's team brought in a, Cur a Curtis Samuel. Uh, Terry McLaurin's team did bring in a, Cur a Curtis Samuel, and since they did it, how about we do the exact same thing? Because he's one of the guys who I have on this list. So we're jumping down a few spots. We'll go back to the guys who are higher in ADP. But Curtis Samuel is another guy who I want to talk about here. Curtis Samuel and Devontae Smith right by each other. ADP neighbors here. Let me pull back up that uh, that Joe Public ADP. Let's see where we got them. <laughs> scroll, scroll, scroll. All right, so Curtis Samuel's got a wide receiver ADP of 40.3. Devontae Smith, 41.3. I think that sticks. Obviously, we're talking about Curtis Samuel, a new team, a new quarterback, a new everything. Devontae Smith, also a new everything, being a rookie. So these guys, maybe their ADPs are a little less sticky right now just because 
We're all still getting a feel for what they're going to be on their teams, for Smith, what he's going to be in the NFL. But for the time being, ADP neighbors, Jake, Curtis Samuel, or Devontae Smith, is this a more challenging one for you than the first two have been? I was just going to say, I could see myself going, like, this could be one of those 50-50, I do some this way, I do some that way, because they're in the same tier for me, and I just pulled up. Uh, good God, I need some sleep for everybody out there. I hope you enjoy how much <laughs> damn work I put into projections so you could customize them this year. Yeah, heads up, everybody. This is going to oh, be the draft kit dropping yes. next week. Get ready. This is going to be the best projections ever because you can change <laughs> them and set them up to your league. Uh, so I've been trying to work every single formula out there so you could do this and do it towards your scoring. Now I, I'm not including fumbles and crap like that. I'm just saying like, if you think Devontae Smith is <laughs> going to get a 25% market share in his team, you can change it to that. If you think it's going to be 10, you can change it to that. So that's what I've been working on. So I say all that to, I pulled up my projections as they are right now. And the funny thing is Devontae Smith is wide receiver 33, Curtis Samuels 35. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what's what's the target difference? Because that's for me why I'm going to go with Devontae Smith. This is like uh, target total or target share. Target total. Target total. I have Curtis Samuel at eighty five and Devontae Smith at one hundred and nine. Yeah, and that's to me why I I would go Smith. He's he's the you know you would assume he's going to be the alpha, whereas Curtis Samuel mm-hmm. is not. So right. Ryan Fitzpatrick, because we're just talking about these Washington receivers, Ryan Fitzpatrick changes the game for these guys, and I would say in a very good way. I mean, when you look at, I guess with Curtis Samuel, he's played with some competent quarterbacks. Terry McLaurin has not really had that luxury. I mean, for like, you know, we talk about age to level in baseball. For like quarterback competency to level, Terry McLaurin hasn't been above average since he left Columbus. I mean, it was the last time he played with a quarterback who was above average competence for the competition. Got to think that plays to at least his advantage and maybe both of their advantages. Has How has that been at play for you in this, uh, Jake, in, in ranking and projecting these Washington receivers? Uh, just the, the passing game overall for this team, uh, you can see. So that's another thing. If you think a team is going to run 50% of the time and you want to change that number, boom, change it. Waterfall, down. Everything changes for you. So <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, or like Joey said, water balloon. Psh, there you go, water balloon. Uh, so Man. look. That's uh yeah. Now you can see why I haven't slept. Now you can see why I've been kind of like loopy recently. So we get this guy a raise over here. <laughs> I'm what actually legit. Some... I was gonna, hey, sneak preview for our conference call today. I'm gonna be like, uh, I don't know if I'm getting all my articles done for the draft kit. They might be the week <laughs> oh. after. Uh, but uh, in any case, welcome back to work, Nando. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> Fitzpatrick bumped. You know the percentage and how much they'll pass moved up a little bit. The yards per attempt and yards per reception went up for well, yards per attempt went up for the quarterback position. That being Fitzpatrick, yards per reception inherently goes up. Completion percentage inherently goes up. So all those numbers inherently built off of Fitzpatrick. Obviously, the downside, and I don't think it's as big as people are making it, and is why I feel good about the Washington offense. Everybody, like the two wide receivers and Logan Thomas, and maybe even Diami Brown, is like a best ball, which I hate that crutch argument, but because he's like a, a early right, right. career, Will Fuller is yeah. that even if they do have to go to Heineke, Heineke was playing really well before he got hurt last year. It wasn't, you know, it's not top 15 quarterback, but it was better than anything else they had thrown out there last year. Yeah. Yeah. There was certainly a level of competence to his game that uh, does build in a little bit of a safety net should Ryan Fitzpatrick get hurt or anything like that. Let's go to our next grouping of wide receivers here. It's Kenny Galladay and Cooper Cup. As I said, we're going to climb the ladder a bit and go back a little higher than where we were with Curtis Samuel and Devontae Smith on the ADP charts. You find Kenny Galladay at wide receiver 21.3 by ADP, Cooper Cup at 21.7. 
This one for me, I'm going to reserve my answer, but this mm. one for me is pretty much as easy as the first two were for Jake. Brandon will go to you first. Galladay, you went new first team last time. Giants. Cup, <laughs> no, new, you went uh, first last time. No, you went first last time, I think. Either way, Brandon's getting this first, especially now with you being all Mr. <laughs> no, Angry over there. No, 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 because I, said, I was team. pulling up the whiteboard, but I told him that he, I didn't know if he said the Terry McLaurin thing about Curtis Samuel. He went first. No, but you anyway, went to go. Devontae Smith. You went, we did the Devontae oh, Smith thing. I forgot about that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't slept. My memory's already shot. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I apparently have a two minute memory right now. Maybe, but I knew I had that right. Um, Galladay, new quarterback, new team. Cooper Cup, new team or new new quarterback, same team. Brandon, who you got between these two guys? Oh, I, I have a feeling, Beller, that you're a Galladay guy, but I'm going to go Cooper Cup. And again, I, I'm just preaching it over and over again. It comes down to volume. You know, you look at Cooper Cup the last couple of years, he's pushing like 130 targets, 124 and 134, I believe. Um, you get a better quarterback there. Um and Kenny Galladay, he's never caught more than 70 passes. And, and frankly, he's really only had one really good fantasy year out of four. And as much as the talent is there, um, he, he's kind of he's he doesn't get a ton of separation. He's a guy that you're just going to have to use in the role of being a sideline stretcher and someone's going to make big plays uh, down the field. But, you know, Jake keeps talking about this. The guy that's probably going to lead this team in targets is Sterling Shepard. And, and Kenny Galladay is going to play off of that. But I think Cooper Cup in in any kind of a PPR bumped league is the guy I would lean with here. I'm gonna take Cooper Cup ten times out of ten. By the way, did we talk Scott Fishbowl yet today? I don't know, dude. Do we? Uh, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Why do you ask? I'm just I was making a joke about my memory right now. Um, <laughs> the, the, the Cooper Cup was this is was a maybe, and I'm I kind of maybe even being a little bit generous, but say maybe it was a toss up. With Jared Goff, and now he has Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. I mean, this was this is Cup, and then quite a few wide receivers, and then Galladay's in the complete next group. He's a tear down for me. Yeah. Well, I'm happy we're having this conversation because these guys, as I said, Yahoo, Fantrax, FFC, these guys are neighbors in ADP right now, and I'm making this unanimous. This is this is an easy one okay. for me. Give me Cooper Cup all day. I can, can I can just picture Kenny Galladay like longingly looking at Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford <laughs> high-fiving and Galladay remembering when that was him, remembering the days when he got to play with Matthew Stafford. Um, I- I'm concerned. I'm concerned about uh, – Over under Galladay. week three and a half, Galladay gets in Daniel Jones' face on the sideline. Yeah, right? Like, exa- I- I'll take the over. I think it'll happen after that because Galladay seems to have a guy who's got his head about him, right? But, like – Man, that like I, I just, I just think that that is. I, just, that, that I have is, a feeling it's going to be like, like the to is... I was open, even though I wasn't open, because that's like, how many times have we said it? Brandon's echoed the thing yeah. that I've been hammering this entire offseason. Galladay doesn't need yeah. to get open because he's like Des Bryant. Actually, yeah. Des Bryant is the better one than To to the conversation. Like, hey, I was I'm, open. I'm open right. because I can catch the ball even while I'm covered. But Daniel Jones doesn't right, like right. At, right now. He doesn't like throwing to guys who are covered. It's. It's ripe for disaster, I feel like, with with Kenny Galladay because he had that he had the quarterback his whole career in Matthew Stafford who was willing to take shots, who was willing to take risks, who was going to force it to him, even though he was covered and who could throw him uncovered, could throw him open. He was the clear number one, 
no doubt about it guy, even when Marvin Jones was there with him. And now you're talking about a situation where you don't have that quarterback anymore, where you have a guy who has already built up a little bit of a rapport with everyone else who he's going to be throwing the ball to. You have this high volume running back. Another thing that Kenny Galladay has never had to deal with. I mean, that was just last year, wasn't it? Where the Lions broke that ridiculous 100 yard rusher streak. Wasn't that just last season or was it two seasons ago? Whatever it was like, and now all these things are working against Kenny Galladay in New York. Like, I want no part of Kenny Galladay this season. Just no part. If they would have to be an extreme discount for me to get in on him. Yeah. What What, what was that streak? And was it like Reggie Bush or Kevin Smith or someone like that? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was, it was Bush. Reggie Bush. Okay. Yeah, and it was like it was like it was something outrageous. Give us <laughs> Heisman like, back. Like, yeah, yeah. Get Reggie Bush's Heisman. <laughs> Give it to him. Let's for sure do that. Uh, absolutely. We already was, got like, justice like, for like, Han, justice for Reggie. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, let's get uh, to our next uh, wide receiver pairing here. Debo Samuel and Will Fuller, a couple of guys who uh, obviously both have very high game in and game out ceilings and very low game in and game out floors. Debo Samuel, wide receiver 34. Will Fuller, wide receiver 34 by that composite ADP. Jake, which one are you going after? Mm, this is another one where I could see going either way. It comes down to the frustration of Will Fuller, but he's coming at a discount now, partly because of the suspension to start the season. People don't don't forget about that, that he's not playing yeah. to start the year. Right. But, you know, Will Fuller also has the concern of, is he going to be getting the volume that he had with Houston now with Miami, now with Tua, now with Tua with the boy, his boy from college and Waddle and Parker still back healthy and Gasicki, we've talked about and said that could be the biggest downfall and, and de- decrease in volume with Waddle now there with how much he ran out of slot in that Gasicki. So Fuller has a lot of concerns. I think if you're going for pure ceiling, it's Fuller, but I wouldn't take him in this situation. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, there's too many question marks with Fuller. Like, I agree that the ceiling, if everything works out for him, is higher. But I think Samuel's the safer play, which, you know, both these guys have been injury prone. But then you throw in Will Fuller with, do we know that Tua can be a prolific downfield passer? Um, Do we know that you're going to, as Jake mentioned, target him enough with all these other options there in the mix? And, you know, San Francisco is a conservative offense, but it's really Kittle, Ayuk, and Samuel, you know, in the passing game, they don't have a they don't have a guy lined up at running back that they're going to throw to a ton either. So, uh, to me, there's a, there's enough for all those guys to to get plenty. So if Samuel stays healthy, I think he's the week in and week out guy that's going to give you the more consistency. Where with Will Fuller, I got a lot of Samuel. I think yeah. people are I mean, like, I like I. We've talked about this. I think Ayuk is the more complete wide receiver, but it's like everybody yeah. has already written the book because Debo got hurt that. Ayuk is definitively the number one wide receiver, and Debo's just out of the competition. Yeah, I'm seeing Ayuk go in the top 20 at wide receiver, and I'm seeing Debo go in the mid-30s. I just don't think there's that big of a discrepancy between the two of them. Yeah, the gap I don't know there. if there's enough here in that offense with George Kittle and with the way they're going to run the ball and with the quarterback uncertainty, both like Garoppolo and Lance and what is Lance in his rookie year. Yeah. I don't know if there's enough in the offense for yeah, those, they do both, both pass guys more. to be top 35 receivers. And wanting to and doing so successfully are two totally different things. You don't have to get that much where I'm looking right now. I have them throwing 568 times this year. So I'm breaking consensus. I'm going Will Fuller here. I, I just There's too much uncertainty for me in the San Francisco offense as a whole to support a guy who we would all pretty much agree is the number three option in the passing game. I don't think there's as big a discrepancy between Ayuk and Samuel as early ADP is telling us. I agree with you guys there. But he is the third option in the passing game, and it's a run-heavy team. 
And yeah, he will. He will be. Is, is, do you want to bet on that? Samuel Versailles? No, I want to bet that targets the, per game. No, no. The fact is, it's not a guarantee. You're saying it like it's a guarantee. I just said that Debo is I not feel comfortable. I mean, of course, it's not a guarantee. Everything's got some sort of range of probability or range of outcomes. But I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable operating from the standpoint in my drafts that he will be the number. All that. All that. You know. All that's the the go to guy kind of cred he got last year was with Nick Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard you know so it's not like you know he's coming in this year as kind of gaining that advantage it's just yeah so so and again so my question is then how how far does Ayuk outpace Debo in targets for you then how far does Ayuk outpace Debo in targets um I'll say one and a half per game <laughs> so what. Three, 20, so, 20, so that's like, yeah, so I'll take the under. You can make that the bet. I'll take the under. 100, 100 targets right, so for Ayuk. Samuel, 125 for Ayuk is what you're kind of saying? I don't think either one of them get that much. Probably a little less than that, yeah, with the with Kittle and the way they're going to run the ball. But, yeah, that's what I'll say. We'll say one and a half per game. How about that? I'll take, yeah, I'll take the under that the gap is that big. Boom, <laughs> write it down. D-A-D-S, 1.5. Per game, I'll remember what that means for sure. Um, one more receiver, one more receiver grouping I want to get to here, and we'll wrap things up with our uh, guess that player payoff. This one a little bit farther down those ADP charts, the lowest one that we've got. Mike Williams and T.Y. Hilton pulling that ADP back up. For these guys, you're going to be able to wait on them. Mike Williams, wide receiver, fifty point three. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, one spot behind him, wide receiver, fifty one. Point three. We've uh, we've talked about these offenses and we talked about the passing games, but we didn't really get too in depth on these two guys specifically. Brandon, if you are getting in depth on them specifically to the point that you're drafting one, who is it? I'm going to go with Mike Williams because at this point in the draft, you're just you're going for you know you're trying to you're going for ceiling more than floor in my mind. Uh, you know, conceivably you've already drafted your starting wide receivers. Um, maybe not, but maybe this is your last guy, but Mike Williams, we've seen him be a thousand yard receiver. We see, we've seen him score 10 plus touchdowns. We haven't seen him really put it all together. You know, it's a, it's a new offense. Joe Lombardi's there. They're talking about running him in the, in the Michael Thomas role. There's things to get excited about with Mike Williams. Still, he's young enough that maybe he hasn't reached his complete potential. T.Y., it's going to be 32 during the year. He's had two rough years, uh, uneven because of injury, because of quarterback play. Michael Pittman might be the, the go-to guy in this passing offense. And what does that mean for T.Y.? Carson Wentz, will he stay healthy? You know, uh, it's been a problem for him. So I think there's there's more that you can kind of like get excited about with Mike Williams. And at, this, at the point of the draft, we had to draft these guys. That's what I'm going to lean towards. Yeah, that's what – so if you told me who – I didn't even look at my projections. So, yeah, get that draft kit. You'll, you'll go see him. Uh, but <laughs> I could see, honestly, like if you told me what do I want to bet who finishes higher, I might even lean T.Y. Hilton, especially because they, yeah. they started to move. They started to say, you know what, T.Y. Hilton at this point in his career, we got to do a little bit different things with him. And then again, that was really poor quarterback play at the end of last year. And he kind of had a really nice finish to the season. So you look at that, I'd probably say, yeah, T.Y. Hilton over Mike Williams. But to Brandon's point, where they're going in the draft, 
I'm not looking for a wide receiver five or a four. It goes to yeah. what I talk about and preach every single year. I don't want somebody that I look at and go, well, I'll keep on my bench for my bye weeks. Yeah. No. If you're on my bench, I want you to potentially break out and be top 25. So at that point where I might have Hilton in front of Mike Williams. Oh, I didn't even mention this, too, because, again, my brain's mush right now. <laughs> There's going to be the projections, and then my rankings are going to be different from my projections. So everybody can stop asking uh, me, like, what would you ask, actually do in your I draft? Because it, because this is why if T.Y. Hilton ranked out at 42 and Mike Williams ranked out at 49, I agree with Brandon. But I would take Mike Williams because I'm going for that upside mm. at that point. Yeah. Look at the. I mean, this guy does it all. This bringing every <laughs> single thing to the table to get you ready for your drafts, for your auctions. 18 sets of rankings. <laughs> As people yeah. are going to still yell at me. You know, Jake, you're yeah, going to have to. You're right? going to have to reiterate all these things you just said because oh my not God. all of, not all of your readers right. are listeners of this pod, unfortunately. <laughs> I am you're going, going to get so many. Why does this guy rank yeah. higher when he's higher in the projection? You're going to get that. I'm going to have I mean, Nando edit it so it sounds nicer, <laughs> but it's basically going to be in three spots where it says like if you don't read this and then you ask a question in this bullet points you're just going to get you tumboed <laughs> oh that's coming that is coming very very strongly for you next week when our draft kit is out so be looking for all of that when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply and let's do it. Let's do uh, clue number three. Let's pay off the guess that player, and then let's wrap things up here. So here's clue number three for our wide receiver here today. Among 25 wide oh, receivers who have yeah. at least 300 targets the last three seasons, I have the fewest TDs with 10. So let's wrap it up. All three clues. Clue number one, I've had two straight seasons with at least 1,100 receiving yards. Clue number two, this will be my fourth straight year with a different primary starting oh, quarterback. Wait. And clue number three. Among 25 wide receivers with at least 300 targets the last three seasons, I have the fewest TDs with 10. Who do we got here? Who is our player for today? Uh, yeah, I didn't even hear the four years. I don't know if he's been in the league for four years. I think I missed this one. Well, yeah. This will be his fourth year. This will oh, be his fourth oh year. I'm not changing my answer now. Okay. I wrote it down. Well, I know who. I, I think <laughs> I know who it is now. This will be the fourth year. Do you year. want to go first since I have the whiteboard, or do you want me to put my whiteboard? Well, uh, whiteboard it up. DJ Moore. Okay, hold DJ on, hold Moore on. touchdowns, please. Yeah, DJ Moore. That's who I. It is. I originally had Allen Robinson, but um, you guys are good at yeah. this. It's DJ Moore. DJ Moore TDs, please. I like it. DJ Moore TDs, please. I like that. Yeah, year one, Cam Newton. Year two, uh, Kyle Allen. Year three, Teddy Bridgewater. Year four, Big Sammy D. I mean, let's talk about DJ Moore really quick before we wrap this up here. Brandon, where you at on him? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Terry McLaurin and, and, you know, and Allen Robinson and some of these other guys to talk about. Guys that can put up numbers no matter who the quarterback is. So I don't know if Sam Darnold's appreciably better or worse than what he's already had. I, I feel like DJ Moore is kind of what he is. I mean, last year was interesting, though, right? Because Robbie Anderson was the guy we expected to be the downfield guy like he was with the Jets. And they, they made him the short area receiver. And DJ Moore took a little while to kind of settle in. 
Uh, you wonder with Sam Darnold and you know with the past relationship with Robbie Anderson if that's gonna there's gonna be any kind of an, like another kind of settled period where he might get off to a slow start. But I you know with DJ Moore kind of have him ranked as a as a back end wide receiver too. It was kind of where he's been the last couple of years and I expect him to yeah. be what he's been. I don't really have much to add to that. Uh, I think that no, I think DJ Moore is just where he is every single year. He's that. Yeah. Wide receiver, fifteen to twenty-five, and two touchdowns, getting him back into the end, or not back, getting him into the end zone just a little bit more. We'll put him up near fifteen. If he stays being DJ Moore, it's going to keep him down at like twenty-two-ish, and people are going to scream at me when, "Why do you have him a wide receiver 20? <laughs> it's basically because where he finishes every year. And Christian McCaffrey's back. You know, you hope that we could get Sam Darnold to maybe unlock with Joe Brady, but. That remains to be seen. And I think that Robbie Anderson would be the, if you, you know, kind of go to these conversations we're having, like things we're assuming when you said before, like, well, I'm making the assumption that Ayuk is better than Samuel. And I don't agree that, I mean, I don't disagree that he's the better talent. And I think the assumption we have to make here is that you would say Sam Darnold's probably going to have a day one better connection with Robbie Anderson because he's played with him. Yep. You know, it's funny. Like if you, if you said DJ Moore was in place of Cooper Cup or Robert Woods, I would have him ranked higher than where I currently have Cooper Cup or Robert Woods ranked. He's like, yeah. talent-wise, he's great. Yeah. He's just not in the best environment. Yeah, that's true. But the last two years, 66 catches, 118 targets, 1193. And then the year before that, 87 catches, 135 targets, 1175. Four touchdowns both of those seasons. I feel like if we're looking at somewhere in there, so if we're talking – I don't know, 75 receptions, 125 targets, and in the high 1,100 yardage range, I think this might be the year that he breaks through that four-touchdown hey, barrier, which hey. is a career high for him. I have it 4.7. <laughs> Actually, look, and I have Sam Darnold at 21.7 touchdowns. Here's a little sneak behind the curtain, everybody. Let's say he gets 25 touchdowns. Boom, 5.4 for DJ Moore. We're moving up. There you go. Just like that. Just like that, he's moving up, and if you want to adjust it, to a point where Sam Darnold does indeed throw 25 touchdowns, you can do that when Jake's projections are available in our draft kit next week. We're looking for it. We'll forward to it. You're looking forward to it. We all obviously can't wait. That's going to put a bow on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Of course, be sure to check us all out. You see the Twitter handles there, M. Beller, Brandon Funston, all in kidding. Get ready for that draft kit coming your way next week. We'll be coming your way next week as well. And next week, we started up two shows per week. So get pumped, get excited. You know we are. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all soon. 